But the bottom line is the, when you look, when you audit yourself and you look at your time, are you allocating more time to work or to partying, bullshit, things like that? Hey guys, at the end of this episode, we have some technical difficulties with the audio, but I hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of e-commerce to everyone. On today's episode, I have my right-hand brother, friend, everything, Vlad. He's going to join us today, and we finally got him on camera. And on today's episode, we want to talk about how to scale businesses on and off Amazon. And I think that a, or the right way to start this conversation is talking about entrepreneurship. What is it? What is not? Uh, the difference between entrepreneurs and business owners. And I would like to start from off the conversation by reading the, the definition of entrepreneur based on the dictionary. And based on the dictionary, again, it says, it's a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking a greater than normal financial risk in order to do so. So having that in mind, okay, in your opinion, I have my opinion, but I, I'm very interested in hearing yours. What is it and what is not? I always like to start off by thanking you, uh, just because you being my mentor, watching you kind of go through that entrepreneur route, it's helped me understand it better. I'm, I'm no mentor, bro, but thank you. All right. And by the way, that's not for any brownie points. I uh, just wanted to be honest there. But um, to your point, you know, what it is versus what it's not, I think it's just a matter of really being committed to something, having a vision, putting all your creative energy towards it and showcasing that, you know, whether it's through resources within your business or company or idea or just your social media page or just you yourself every day with people in and around your environment, you want to showcase yourself as an entrepreneur and as a business person, right? Um, so in your opinion, there's no difference between business owner and entrepreneur is the same thing no i think that they correlate with one another um obviously being a business owner and entrepreneur are two different things because you can own a business later on from an entrepreneur who started it right that's how i look at it maybe because i'm younger and i'm not as experienced and some of the times that i wanted to be an entrepreneur i wasn't as successful so i know that there's a lot of things that you have to commit to you have to keep your ambition for that specific you know entrepreneur idea you have um and if you don't you just get away from it and then try to get into another company or business. yeah i see i see i agree with part of the things that you're saying i think that for me being an entrepreneur is as the definition says somebody that has an idea has a vision and does anything and everything in their power to make that vision or that idea become a reality uh, but at the same time i think that lately there has been a lot of misconception, you know, and a lot of people, they just think that by having an idea, they're just an entrepreneur, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, or having a vision, you know, like it takes a lot more than just an idea and a vision, like having them, it's the beginning. Mm -hmm. But as you rightly said, you know, if you are not taking them into action, or if you are not, as the definition said, taking the risk mm -hmm. of actually m making that happen, that actually doesn't make you an entrepreneur. It just makes you somebody with a hobby, you mm -hmm. know, which is a big thing. Like there's a big difference between just having a hobby and then having an idea and following through with it. And then for me, the difference between entrepreneur and business owner, I think that they go hand in hand. You know, I think that anybody that 
Like the, it doesn't exist somebody that can just be a business owner without being an entrepreneur, you know? Mm. Like uh, even people that are at a stage in their life where they are just business owners, are they, do they actually stop being entrepreneur? Because even let's say somebody that is in venture capital that has money, you know, and invest in startups, mm. is that person actually not an entrepreneur? Because he's taking risk to do it. You know, like yes. when they trust a startup company with money and they fund it, they are taking the risk of losing that money. And just because people assume that that money that they may lose is not significant to them and that doesn't make the risk actually a risk, it's still a risk, you know, and nobody yes. likes to lose money. Nobody likes to risk things. So I think that at a stage they go hand in hand like at, mm -hmm. you can't be a business owner without being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. but yes you can be an entrepreneur without being a business owner you know i think that at the beginning stage you are only an entrepreneur and as the idea evolves and then it becomes into a company where you have people depending on you mm -hmm. you actually have infrastructure systems and different things then you become a business owner but i don't mm -hmm. think that you never like you never stop being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. you know like i i think that I want to make that clear because today I'm maybe in in between. You know, I'm not. I'm a I'm a business owner and I'm an entrepreneur at the same time. And I don't want never to stop being an entrepreneur. Like I don't mm -hmm. think that I will ever stop being an entrepreneur because I like doing things all the time. And at the end of the day, even when you have your business fully developed, there's always new ideas and new projects that come along within your business. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's only going to happen if you love what you do, because there's people that they just set up their business and they are just seeing it as a cash cow or something that pays them monthly. But if you truly love what you do, you're always going to try to find ways on how to improve the business, you know, mm -hmm. different investments for the business. And all those things take risk, you know, because there's nothing guaranteed. So that's my opinion on, on this topic in particular. And then what are, what are your thoughts into the recent which I touch base a little bit, but what are your thoughts into like the recent growth in entrepreneurship? Like more and more people are choosing to become entrepreneurs rather than maybe going to college or the, the traditional way of finding their, their not, not finding, like their traditional way of building their future, you know? The traditional way is like go to school, go to college, get a degree, find a job. Mm -hmm. Now, we see more and more product of social media that more people are looking into being their own boss mm -hmm. and they which i don't agree with this that's why i want your opinion mm -hmm. is like people attach being your own boss with being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. okay and i think that you can be your own boss without being an entrepreneur but what do you think about that it's a good point i think that when it comes to growing in entrepreneurship it's just a matter of your purpose, but most importantly, all the realities that come with it, right? You mentioned something about having this vision and purpose within the business, right? And this idea that you want to manifest. Sometimes people realize based on influence off of social media or these lifestyles that they see that they can just get on that same train and pick that same type of lifestyle up. But what happens is you start to see that you need many more resources. You need mentorship, right? You want to study as much as you can on what you're doing and other ways to improve your skills to where the growing part in entrepreneurship happens through the actual doing right the action that you take and i think for me just to use myself as an example the way that i've been able to grow in that is by obviously working in a company that 
had to build itself from the ground up, right? No matter how many resources I may have had or not had, I had to have that creative energy and implement certain resources and strategies so that the business can grow. And through those experiences, I felt like an entrepreneur sitting in meetings with other types of third-party services that can help the business or dealing with clients from different industries and different businesses and hearing the way they would speak about their entrepreneur ways and it kind of gives you a little bit inspiration but it's tough because on the other end of it some people fail right and some people they realize they can't be entrepreneurs because maybe their idea or their vision that they had for their business wasn't wasn't the right one wasn't the best fit for them so through that we always grow as entrepreneurs and whether we have a business or not um, I think that you know like you said they go hand in hand and most importantly the growth is what's important but do you think and this is going to be a topic that I'm going to receive heat on my house for saying this but do you think that for example because I said that you can be your own boss without being an entrepreneur right right but do you think that network marketing makes entrepreneurs I think it's a little skewed you know in a way um, only because Nowadays, it's it's not difficult to market. Um, I guess I don't have the best answer for that just because I, there's some I, people I, that I... I help you on that one. I yeah. think that network marketing and entrepreneurship is completely different. And I actually feel, as an entrepreneur, I feel very triggered when people talk about being entrepreneurs and then you ask them what they do and they said, oh, I'm in network marketing, you know? And the reason I feel very triggered is because Going back to the definition, there's no risk on network marketing. Mm. You are not risking anybody. You're not giving opportunities to anybody. You are selling a dream, mm -hmm. you know? And by the way, I don't want to make this podcast in talking down on, on network marketing because there's people that make a shitload of money on network marketing. Right. But that is not being an entrepreneur. That's being actually a good salesman. You know, when you have the ability to scale your network marketing income, you're a great salesman mm -hmm. or saleswoman. Right. But you are not a business woman or man mm. because being an entrepreneur, a business owner, like the definition says, again, it's all there. It's taking the risk. Mm -hmm. It's putting on your plate more than what you can chew, you know. And I think that, as I said, you can be your own boss, but not be necessarily entrepreneurish. And that's OK. That's fine. Like you find a way, big props to you. You find a way of making a living and creating that sense of financial freedom, but you on your own with another company, actually the entrepreneur of, of that journey is the owner or the founder of the company that it's allowing the network marketers to join in, right? That's the true entrepreneur. That's the actual brain of the, of, of the process. But network marketers itself, I don't think me personally that they are entrepreneurs. So that's very important, you know, to differentiate them. and. I think that the recent growth on entrepreneur also came out from that factor. You know, I think that network marketing in the past, I don't know, five years has grown tremendously. And a lot of people have found that they can be their own bosses doing that. And because it's a cool tag to put on yourself, I'm an entrepreneur, people are overusing the word, you know, but actually like you are not, you know, you're not yeah. taking more than average risk to do that I, I will say that you know there's always levels to different industries and different career paths or ownership entrepreneurship that people can take and obviously not everyone's going to get the same result and not everyone is going to have the best intention 
with the way that they do their business. I wouldn't say that all network marketers are, you know, not entrepreneurs. There, there may be some that somehow. But how, were able how are to, they entrepreneurs if they are not, if they are not building any? They are selling. They are good salespeople. But they are, they're still representing themselves in yes, a certain way. Yes, but they are way, good salespeople. Taking a risk they, to sell they, something. If they don't have the company that they are working mm -hmm. for, quote unquote, mm -hmm. because they're not really working on payroll, they are just promoting it. Mm -hmm. If they wouldn't have that, I promise you that if they would have clicked on another thing, they would have succeeded too because they are good salespeople. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm, what I'm not going to say, which I agree with you kind of, is that You can be a, an amazing network marketer, and then when you build enough income coming mm -hmm. in, then you can venture, and then you can become a great entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that being a, a good salesman or not mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur today doesn't mean that you cannot do it in the future, mm -hmm. okay? Definitely being a successful network marketer, it builds up your confidence. It, it makes you believe that you can do whatever you want because that's what being successful mm -hmm. does, you know? Like, if you are successful in whatever you do, that builds your self-esteem, that builds your confidence, then you attack mm -hmm. any, any challenge that you have in your life, any purpose that you have in your life with a lot of, like, with more confidence, with yeah. more energy. So, at the end of the day, that's possible, but mm -hmm. don't tell me that a, a purely network marketer that it's promoting their funnel are entrepreneurs I'm only smiling. I, feel, I feel I feel offended for that well it's funny that you say that because I'm smiling and saying what I say because I, I have heard people that do network marketing that consider themselves entrepreneurs and that's why I make that statement because I understand that it's all about how they perceive themselves but it's not about perception bro it's about definition I know and I agree and that's why we're talking about it because at the end of the day what defines you I can is say, what matters I can say I can say that I am Uh, the strongest man in the world, but I know that I'm not. So, you know, it's facts yeah. too. You know, but not true. That's it's that's a, a very topic. interesting topic. We can talk all day about it. But what are the difference between scaling a business Ooh. and a stagnant business? Oh, this is my favorite. Okay, Thank so you for asking. You, me. you can start with this one. It's really simple, right? Everybody has their own views of business and how things will go, good or bad, but. My belief is that when you create something that's sustainable long term, you always have an opportunity to scale. And when your mindset is like that for your business, you know there will be periods where things can be stagnant, but that doesn't coexist with scaling a business. There's different levels to it. We always talk about it. People never understand, and it's not their fault, some do, the risk, but also the time, energy, and effort that you need to put into something like a business where you want to get to the end goal as soon as possible, but you know that there's going to be periods of time where you might just be plateauing. You might not have that momentum that'll inspire you to say, oh, okay, this is really going to scale. It's going to get to a level I want it to, but instead you have to go through that stagnant time and kind of go through the valley before you can start climbing the mountain again. So I just wanted no, to say that's, that. No, that's spot on, bro. That's spot on. Actually, like, uh, you, I, I couldn't say it better. Like, for me... I think that uh, scaling a business, you know, and and having a stagnant stagnant business goes hand in hand because no business starts from zero to a hundred. Like as you were describing perfectly, there's moments that you're stagnant. What I would say though is that it's harder for business that are scaling and have momentum to get stagnant. Yes. You know, but at the same time, depends on the industry, of course, tech. 
scales very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a lot of money being put on, on on tech. But here's the other thing too: are they actually scaling, or they are actually getting overfunded? You know, mm-hmm. those are the things too. Good because point. some some companies we hear about crazy valuations, but when they don't have nothing to show for, you know, it's mm-hmm. like just like uh, uh, Drake's lane, like says. Show me personal funds. Fuck evaluations. Show me personal funds. You know, like it's it's literally like that. Like there's a lot of companies that, especially on the startup side, that they talk about these crazy evalu- evaluations and they actually don't have anything to show for other than the tech. You know, but it's not a proven concept. And I think that that also impacts a lot into the mentality of people because people, like again, we are what we consume, right? So if I'm somebody that I don't have a clear path but I'm consuming social media a lot. And then I see, I, I see or I heard about a company that scaled like to $200 million in two years. Then I think that everything is like that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not the reality. You know, one of the biggest things for me in scaling a business, going back to what you were saying, is starting knowing that there's going to be good and bad times, mm-hmm. but also focusing on the details. You know, I mm-hmm. think that if you focus on the details, scaling it's inevitable yeah but if you don't focus on the details and you're just focusing on big picture and where you want to go and forgetting the path and the road mm-hmm. you might you might get that that like you know zero to 50 mm-hmm. right away but when you get to 50 you're not going to know what to do with the money yeah. and then you're going to start burning a lot of money you're going to get stagnant a lot of problems are going to come and that's when you're fucked because what that generates in your mind is that i don't need systems Mm-hmm. I don't need details because I'm already scaling. Mm-hmm. I'm already fast. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to pay attention to these mm-hmm. little, what people think that they are little things. things. You know, yeah. like for example, something simple that I was just discussing today with our CTO is the fact of having systems to manage employees' days off, employees' vacation requests. You know, these are little things that an, an entrepreneur, a beginner, a beginner mm-hmm. would not even think about. But when you start scaling your team, when you go from having five people to all of a sudden having 10, 15, which it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. Like mm-hmm. not only on the expense side, but also on managing. Now mm-hmm. you are not dealing with five, five people can be your close group of, of friends of like circle, you know, mm-hmm. they become like family. Mm-hmm. But when you have 10, 15, 20, 30, and you don't have those systems in place, mm-hmm. it can be very overwhelmed. And that can actually affect the scaling of yeah, the business 100%. and the business will become stagnant because of that because you don't have the right processes to manage that so mm-hmm. i think that it's necessary to start from small to big mm-hmm. now if you are blessed enough to have a business that you can start from zero to 100 really quickly my advice and this is also based on personal experience don't forget about the details yes because you're going to be making a lot of money and that money is going to go away yes, like that sir. because you forget about the details you don't invest in the company because you think that the money is going to keep coming as easy as mm-hmm. it's coming and all of a sudden you're going to be on a really tough spot and that spot. was that was really in depth i actually appreciate you sharing that because it's important to understand and you didn't really say it but you covered it where you had to keep business and personal separate yeah. right you start getting distracted easier when you start seeing influx of money coming into your business you know you want to scale i always said this example when we're talking private it's like people ask Oh, and I heard this from somebody else, which I don't remember, but it's a high-profile individual. And uh, they ask him, what's the difference between making 1 million and 5 million or 10 million? 
And he answers, the difference is zero. The problem is the mind. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start at zero and you want to make a million bucks, every single penny that you are making, you're putting it into your business. business. When you make a million dollars, you think that you're on the top of the world and you think that the business now is going to generate that million dollars or more without, exactly. without you doing anything. So yeah. at that time, companies get stagnant at that point. Like you, you've heard thousands of stories of people that, oh, I can't make my business reach $5 million. I've been stagnant on a million dollars for the past three years. I can't make it grow. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? Mm -hmm. And if you look at, at your behavior and you look at how you were before you reach a million dollars and how you are right now, I promise you that you're not doing the same things. Mm -hmm. I promise you, I guarantee you that you're not doing the same things. So that's why you should not, going back to what you were saying on personal life, you should not change your personal life until your business has money to throw away. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. in order for you to get to a, you, the point where you have money to throw away, you better be doing like a couple million mm -hmm. consistently, not one, not two, not five, but at mm -hmm. least like seven, eight, ten millions consistently yeah. year after year for now to for you to say, you know what, this year I'm going to buy that dream house that I had or that dream car that I had. Yeah. You know, people make fun all the time about why Jeff Bezos was uh, driving an, a Honda when he was worth like a couple billion. Mm -hmm. And now I understand why. Now I understand why. Because if you, if we would have the opportunity to go into Jeff Bezos' books at that time, I promise you that yes, he was worth $1 billion, $2 billion on paper, but cash that he was taking home, I promise you that he was probably making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year where he could be getting paying million of dollars a year, mm -hmm. but he was keeping his salary very humble for his numbers mm -hmm. just because he was putting all that money back mm -hmm. into the business. And now people are impressed about the jet that he has or the uh, yacht that he has. But guys, it's been 20 years, mm -hmm. you know? He started in the garage. Exactly, it's not, it's not that he has, he bought the yacht in three years into the mm -hmm. business. And unfortunately, on the, on the information that we're consuming today, that's what people want. People think that they start a business and in five years, they're going to have the yacht. And in five years, they're going to have the mansion. And in five years, they're going to have this and that. And those things, you you can get them in five years. Mm -hmm. But if you get them in five years, your business is the one that is going to suffer. Yes, yes. You know, and that's where people start suffering about, oh, my business is stagnant. You know, I can't grow it. I can't grow it. Okay, you can grow it, but you live in a $3 million home. You live in, you, you're driving a Rolls Royce. You are flying on a private jet everywhere you go. Of course you can't grow it. You're wasting all the money on stupid shit. Yeah. Brad Lee actually said something the other day that he posted it, that he, he's coming to Miami and he was like, yeah, I told my team to call a private jet company and I, and I said for them to quote me the price. And mind you, Brad Lee is making a couple hundred million a year. Okay, he has like a lot of companies. He makes a couple hundred million a year and the private jet company called him $97,000, okay? And he said, fuck you, I'm not paying $97,000. Get me first class for 1,800 bucks, okay? And I'm going to grab the $95,000 left and I'm going to invest it into something that is going to make me not pay you guys, it's going to make me buy the fucking jet. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about a guy that just this year bought his Ferrari, okay? That's the mindset. That's what separates yes. 
greatness yes. from average. Yeah. You know, and, and again, people forget about that because people see, oh, Bradley has the Ferrari, so I have to have the Ferrari mm -hmm. because I'm. They think that I'm at the same level of this guy. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that this guy's been grinding and still grinds till this day, every fucking day, nonstop. He doesn't. He doesn't show himself on fucking parties. He doesn't show himself anywhere else other than his fucking office working and grinding and working and grinding all day, mm -hmm. all night. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest difference between a scale, a scaling and having mm -hmm. a stagnant business. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that, Iggy, because it, it gets me inspired only because I see how easy it is to look like an entrepreneur, to look like a business owner, but have nothing to show for it. And when you think about scalability, as I mentioned, it's climbing that mountain. Jeff Bezos climbed the mountain for 20 years. Brad Lee climbed the mountain for 20 years. One of my favorite guys, Grant Cardone, climbed the mountain for 20 years. Grant Cardone worked for way more. Grant Cardone yeah. was worth 20 million and he was doing door, door to door. So yeah. Like that, that shit but is that, crazy. That, that you consistency. Know? But that, those are the things that nobody mm -hmm. talks because they, it doesn't sell, bro. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what mm -hmm. we were talking early today with Safi on, on the office, too. You know, like, unfortunately or fortunately, we don't know, but we live in a society where. Everybody, and, and Kobe Bryant said this, and I said Kobe because I know that you love Kobe, but mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant said this, like, everybody just looks at the chip, you know? All they look is like, oh, Kobe Bryant won four, five, five, five championships, sorry, five championships, and people talk about that because he bought five championships. He, he won five championships. Bro, the work that he put to, want to win yeah. the five championships the same thing with michael jordan mm -hmm. the same thing with everybody that is successful like uh, it's it's easier to show like the end game because it's what people want you know it's mm -hmm. it's more attractive to people's mm -hmm. eyes mm -hmm. but being able to actually see the journey and see like the the good days the bad days yeah like i was talking the other day to a friend of mine and i'm like uh dude today i feel like i'm going to fail you know, you know how many days we I wake up in the morning and I have to fight my own fucking mind, telling telling my mind like, no, you got this, you know, yeah. you got this, you you have to keep going, yeah. because sometimes things don't come my way. You know, I, it's not that I have all the answers, so sometimes things don't come my way, and I'm like frustrated, I get upset, then I come into the office, I see all these people that depend on me, and I have to have good energy and all these different things, it's a lot of pressure to, yeah. going back to the beginning, it's a lot of pressure to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel very triggered when people that they don't have nothing to show for, mm -hmm. they call themselves entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They go they go about, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. What do you do? Network marketing. No. Oh, great. Awesome. I, I guess then I don't know what I'm, I'm an alien. Because if you are an entrepreneur doing network marketing and you don't have nothing to show for, then I'm a fucking alien. And by the way, I don't. that doesn't mean that I am more successful at them because there's network marketers that would make 10 times more money that's than I, I do saying. and I yeah. and that's fine like huge props for him yeah. I wish him or her I wish I could make that that amount of money doing what they do because they don't have the stress that I have mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's not about that it's about the true meaning of the word and the true meaning of the title you know yeah that's all about I'm yeah. not saying that entrepreneurs are more successful that network marketers or uh, affiliate marketers or funnels. Yeah, I'm not saying that. There comes more with it. There comes but, more with it. I know what you're saying. But at the end of the day, don't yeah. don't offend me because I'm putting a lot more than what you're putting in. And yeah. I'm I, I because I have that vision, you know. I'm not I'm not attaching myself to anybody's sales product, service or whatever, yeah. which again, there is nothing wrong with that. 
but I'm just saying, let's keep it simple. Yeah. So talking about scaling businesses or being in a stagnant business, how can you kind of relate that to what you do or what we do, obviously? And the question to you would be, how do some of the principles of scaling a business off of Amazon's platform relate to the operation of Amazon stores? How do they compare? I think that they go hand in hand, you know. Uh, I think that one of the misconceptions that people have, not only with Amazon, but in general, in e-commerce in general, and we talk about this, or I talk about this on previous episodes, is that people tend to think that e-commerce is just like putting product up online and just sending the link to a couple people and, you know, that, that is going to grow, doing ads and different things. But a lot more goes into e-commerce, you know, there's things that, and that's why a lot of e-commerce businesses fail because they don't take into consideration the factors that they would take into consideration when starting a brick and mortar business or a regular business, um, which are like customer service, mm -hmm. fulfillment of the orders, inventory, uh, landed costs for the products, mm -hmm. sourcing, like all these different things that you, that most people that are on brick and mortar businesses take into consideration when starting their business. I think that people that are going to start e-commerce businesses, they don't think about. And that's why I said that I think that they relate a lot and it goes very hand in hand. Of course, Amazon, as I always praise them, they do the hardest thing for us already, which is customer acquisition. You know, there are 60 million views per hour on Amazon. That alone, it's a shit ton of traffic to any business. You know, if you can get 1% of that on a brick and mortar business, you would be golden, you know, and that doesn't happen. So there's a lot more effort put into scaling an off Amazon business than it is in scaling an Amazon business. But the reason for us in our company is not such a difference is because we have all the other part taken care of. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the fulfillment, we have the inventory, we have the customer service, mm -hmm. we have every single, we have the marketing side, we have every single piece that any business needs in place in order for us to, all we have to do when starting off a new Amazon business is putting it into the platform, getting it approved and start listing products. Now, I'm going to say this because maybe there's clients or potential clients hearing. I don't have the on and off button that I can put a story in, press on, and it's going to start selling. No, there's a process. There's Amazon algorithm in place. Like There's a bunch of things that we don't control, but at least we know that when the moment the store starts selling, it's game over. We have everything in place to scale the store, to control it, to keep it healthy, and that's how we scale the business, you know? No, absolutely. And I just wanted to add, you know, it's funny because you can't walk into an Amazon store and see how the operation is, is happening. You can't even walk into an Amazon fulfillment center and get a sense of the way the operation Wait, is happening. Wait, now, now you can. Oh, okay. Now you can with us. That's what I'm saying. Like, because, yeah, on Amazon, if you go to any fulfillment center, they're not going to let you in. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that separate us the most from any other company out. You know, one of the things that we achieved and we talk a lot about this internally and within our clients is that we actually make an intangible business tangible, mm -hmm. you know, because anybody of our clients can come into our facility. They can see us working. They can see the staff that is working on their store. Mm -hmm. They can see the product. They can go into the warehouse, see the product. They can see the order shipping out. They can see UPS, FedEx, USPS coming in, picking up the orders. So. It's actually very tangible with us, but yes, the, like what you were saying is true, you know, like it's an intangible business at the end yeah, of the day. No, absolutely. And that ties it into just our next segment, you know, more than money segment. Um, for you, what was the purpose of starting a business? 
Damn, I can talk all day about this one yeah, specifically, sure speci specifically for e-com industry. So uh, I've been in this industry for a long time. Uh, when I started, definitely my purpose was not the same as it is today. Uh, it changed, it evolved. Uh, actually, now I feel fulfilled. Before I was just chasing money, which it's okay, you know, like uh, most entrepreneurs or, yeah, most entrepreneurs at the beginning start with an idea, but maybe they're not 100% passionate about, but they just see that they have an easy way through it and that they can make money off it, you know? And that's sort of how e-commerce fall into my lab. Like I was literally on a tough place in my life where I, I had to stop doing what I love, which was playing rugby. And I had to figure out my next move. And I got, into, I got introduced into e-commerce, you know? And the fact that I got introduced like that at the beginning, it was kind of uh, good because I had something to like not to, to put my negative thoughts about me having to to retire from rugby into something else. So that was the good part. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was not as passionate as I am today. Mm -hmm. Today, fast forward today, my purpose of having started e-com e -com industry, um, and this is something that I share with you when we sat down for the first time, is like, I, I got tired of being part of an industry where people showcase lifestyle, showcase results. Like they don't showcase results, they showcase sales, you know, which are not results. There's a big difference and maybe we'll touch base on this on another episode, but there's a big difference between gross sales and actual profit. And they would get a lot of money from people to have their own Amazon store, you know, like they would, they would get paid out my our old company we will get paid and uh, what I started realizing through that journey is that when we started having issues with Amazon I started realizing that people were getting like not screwed over because they still have the business but they were not getting what they paid for mm -hmm. you know and there were not response being given and I see that as a generic on the industry it's not just about one company the, the industry is like that, you know, even today, we're not going to mention names, but today we got an ebook from another company that does what we do, even though we don't do what they do, mm -hmm. but they do what we do, or they say that they do what we do. And the ebook is literally a bunch of fucking lies. You know, it's literally showing you how to actually fail on Amazon. It's talking about retail arbitrage and it's giving you example for potential vendors that if you go to Amazon policies, it's going to show you that it's illegal to do that. And you can do that. And yeah, you might get away for, with it for one, two, three, four months, but sooner or later, you're going to get shut down. So what do you want? Do you want a long-term business or do you want a Fugazi? You know, mm -hmm. like, do you want something that yeah. is going to come and go? Yeah. So my purpose, bro, when, when we started this was literally to change the industry and to help people make money, yeah. you know? And, and I do believe that if something done the wrong way was successful for a period of time, something done, the same thing done the absolutely right way, following Amazon policies, taking the adequate steps and standing actually in front of the customer, it cannot be uh, like, it has to be successful. Yeah. You know? No, and I think that that's what really influenced you. I mean, I watched you grow a lot 
within the business before and, and the business now. And I know that it, it wasn't just about making money for you. There was I, I don't make money now. I don't make money now. All, all I do is put into my business. Yeah. I don't make money now. And, you know, you were learning a lot about yourself, learning a lot about the industry and really starting to see how much misinformation was out there and how your purpose was to provide an opportunity allow people to get businesses but i just want to say you also see the other guys that are taking hard yeah no 100 percent. i think that the reason this happens is because going back to the beginning right scaling and stagnant um it's an industry that was born and all the companies that were getting involved were making a shit ton of money very quickly mm -hmm. and going back to what i said at the beginning when you make money so quickly you stop focusing on the details mm -hmm. and the truth is that to do what we do on a day-to-day -day basis it's not only writing it on a board and following the process mm -hmm. it's impossible to scale like that you need systems you need infrastructure you need people you know you and need funds <laughs> you need money and that's why companies don't want to do what we do mm -hmm. you know because it's very hard for the human brain to unwire mm -hmm. from a process of hold on doing this half ass i'm getting a lot of money why am i going to do it at a thousand percent if doing it half ass i'm still getting a lot of money why am i going to do it a thousand percent and now my thought is okay i can get money making it half ass but what about and i can make a lot of money what about if i do it this way if I do it 100% the right way, mm -hmm. success is inevitable. It's inevitable. It's going to be hard. It's going to, it's harder actually, mm -hmm. but it's success is inevitable. Yeah. So that's my purpose. No, that was a great answer. What's your purpose? Why did you join? Why, why did you follow me? Like why, what made you say like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I want to depart where I'm at and I want to join this company. I saw the vision, you know, being in the in the trenches, as I always like to say, and not being able to benefit and get rewarded the same way that maybe others were. It kind of pushed me to focus on the people and focus on the information that's being put out there for something that is so special and unique, being e-commerce and Amazon. And I, I knew that this was something that was easy to me just because of the language and learning the ins and outs and understanding Amazon's goal and also potentially other goals of these e-commerce management companies. And to your point, if people can do it a bad way, then why not try to do it a good way? And the people that maybe during that time that we were a part of didn't get the best experience, we can put them on to a better experience. And yeah. that's what drives me every day. But just to kind of go into um, the next part of it, because you did touch a lot on you know why and, and who impacted you, um, even though it's yourself. I would say that just the importance of scaling a business. You know, what do people tell you about scaling a business? What people don't tell you about scaling a business? I know you touched on them, but what do you hear now that you're in it, now that you're actually trying to grow this thing with all of the, the bad taste that everyone else has on the industry and, and on what we're trying to accomplish here? So again, we, we, we kind of went through it in, in a less of a detail than what mm -hmm. we're going to go right now, but uh scaling up business is everything you know like you need to have everything covered you can't leave anything to uh, luck or anything mm -hmm. to the destiny like you have to try to control as much as you can and I, and again i said as much as you can because it's impossible to control every outcome but at least be in a position where no matter what the outcome is you're comfortable with it mm -hmm. you know like we talk about this all the time and we said like we're comfortable in talking to any client that we have like my yes. phone 
the clients that have spoken with me, they have my phone. They can call me any day, any time. I'm always available. And I have all the answers, you know, good and bad. And I'm not saying that I have all the answers because I know everything, but I know everything about my process. So if something doesn't come the way that we anticipated with our process, we know why. And now we have the ability to adapt because we have that process. So this is like everything. Like It's like going to the gym because you're trying to gain muscle, you know. You know what the steps are for you to get, gain muscle. You know what the steps are for you to lose weight. You know if you don't do one of those steps, it's going to pick up like that why you're not losing or why you're not gaining weight. So it goes literally back to that. That's the importance, you know, like uh, that's the most important thing, actually, of scaling a business. You know, you need to have the process in place. You need to test things out. You're going to burn a lot of money finding the right way. And sometimes you may feel that you find the right way. And all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, holy shit, I can do this this way better. And there goes a couple thousand dollars more off to try to make it the right way. So the detail is very important. Um, one thing that I would say, which is contradicting to what I've heard my whole life, is that you have to take things slow. You know, you 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 can't rush things because when you rush things, then that's when the mistakes happen and stuff like that. And I agree and disagree with that. You know, I think that there are certain things that have to be done slow, but I think also that there are certain things that you need to action. You know, you need to. You need to see the wall and run at it, you know, and, and if you break through, you break through. If you get smacked back, then you get smacked back. But that's part of the journey. Like there's never going to be a play where you start moving, you see a wall and you're going to have the time to drill the hole to move forward, to move past it. You know, you have to be able to have the willingness to, you know what, yeah. this wall, I'm just going to crush it and I'm just going to go forward. And sometimes, guess what? The wall is very fucking hard and you're going to get banged yeah. up and sometimes you break through, you know, so I, again, I think that the main, the main uh, thing to consider when scaling a business, it goes back to the details. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And just from hearing that, I know it, it also goes back to what you talked about being an entrepreneur and a business owner is taking that risk, going through those walls, not giving up and staying persistent with the vision. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the way I feel when I look at the outside and in regards to other companies or people that try to start businesses or businesses like the one that we have here is that people really don't know what it takes, the work, you know, the, the ability to allocate certain resources or put your whole in a way, not livelihood, but just that time that you're, you're allocating to the business. You're sacrificing more than money, bro, when you start a business. Yes. You're sacrificing mm -hmm. way more than money. You're sacrificing yeah. money as the first, as the, as the most tangible thing that mm -hmm. people feel the impact in, you know, mm -hmm. but you're sacrificing time with your loved ones. You're sacrificing lux luxuries like, I don't know, I love watches, you know. Mm -hmm. I would love to buy a new watch. Well, I can't. You know, I love traveling. I can. You know, it's being okay with saying that I can. But again, this is another thing that people need to change in their head. Saying that you can do something, it doesn't mean that you're wiring your brain telling them that you can't do that. Your brain knows and your internal thoughts know that you're saying you can do that, not because you actually can, but because you are prioritizing another more important thing. You know, it's like that. So... I, I'm okay with saying that I can't do these things, but I, deep inside of me, I know that I will fucking have any fucking watch that I want. I will travel anywhere I want on a private jet, whenever the fuck I want. But right now, that's not my priority. Right now, fuck that. I, I will have the time for that. 
you know? So I think that that's the, the, the big sacrifice that people have to make, you know? Like we see a lot of the times people that they start a business because they want to buy their, their dream car, you know? What is a car going to do for you? Yeah. What is, like nothing, nothing. You can go anywhere from point A to point B on a fucking Corolla, you know? Yeah. The problem again goes to how they perceive themselves. They need the car to feel that they achieve something. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I might not have the, the car that I want, but every time I walk into these fucking walls, I know that I'm achieving something yeah. every fucking day. 100%. You know? And I think it, it ties into discipline. Yeah. You know, being disciplined, not in a sense of, you know, military camp discipline, but understanding your habits. You need discipline to achieve anything, bro. Yeah. Like when people say that they don't like, oh, discipline, or you don't have to be so hard on yourself, or you don't, or you should, you should get, allow yourself to, to go to the park, and you should allow yourself to, to take a weekend off. Fuck that. You don't have the same vision that I have. You don't have the same goals that I have. You know, it's okay. If your goals are that, I respect them. It's fine. But don't come to me and tell me that I live a life that it's not uh, sustainable or that it's not healthy. Who the fuck knows what healthy, healthy is? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Who the fuck knows what sustainable is? For me, sustainable is what I do. You know? I actually hate the fucking weekends. I hate them. I love them because I'm with my kids. Mm -hmm. But I hate them because I feel that I'm walking through the fucking walls. And let me ask you something, Iggy. Do you... Do you feel like all this sacrifice that you're doing and hearing, even hearing this because I see it every day, I don't want you to do it forever. So I want to ask you, you know, what's your purpose to, to leave this impact of what you're building on others or, or what, what's, your, what's your goal in that sense of the impact side of things after you're kind of gone through this whole trial and tribulation? Bro, I think, I think looking at people that have made it in, in other industries, I think that the way I feel about what I do and the, the way I feel about uh, entrepreneurship and all these things, I don't think that I will ever stop. You know, I think that I will slow down mm -hmm. because that's nature, mm -hmm. but I don't think that I will never stop. I don't think that I will ever be like, even though I dream of, you know, I dream of the day that fuck, I wish that I can throw this shit through the wall and nobody, and I don't give a fuck who's calling me or not. Like, that's all like the soft side of the mentality, you know, but. Deep inside of me, I, I don't think that I will ever stop, you know, like I don't think that I have a deadline. I do think that I will be in a place where I will be able to have people that I trust, that they can actually do things that I have to do now in the day to day basis that I can trust them and they will do the same, the same or better than what I do them, you know, but working wise and ambitious wise. I don't think I will ever, ever stop. And before everybody starts hating on the word ambitious, I'm not ambitious for myself, okay? I don't want to be rich or a billionaire for myself. I want to be in that position to help other people. You know, I'm, I'm not doing this for me, even though I'm going to benefit from it, but I'm doing this actually to impact more people. You know, like one of the things, and I share this with you and Safi, one of my happiest days in my life is going to be the day that I can walk into my office and I can see that every single team member that I have has bought their house because of the work that they put into the business. You know, those things are the things that drive me. And that phrase actually, uh, an, an OG guy, a friend of my dad said that phrase to me that he goes like, yeah, bro, you, you, you go around driving these cars, this and that, but how many employees of yours bought their house? I was like, damn, nobody. 
And I'm not saying that like that's a goal because some people may not want to buy a house, but understand the concept of what I'm saying. Like being able to have a platform where people that are part of it can actually build a dream life, you know, and then being able to scale that from my, inside my companies to the outside world, you know, to be in a position where fuck the government, the government isn't going to open a school. Okay, I'm going to open the school myself. Yeah, bro, like that, that's that's the end of the day, you know, like you want to change the world, improve yourself. You know, I said this phrase uh, to, to a person that I know that he, he tells me being a patriot is having, expecting nothing but excellency from your government. And my response to that was, okay, I agree, but are you expecting nothing but excellence from yourself? And most people forget about that. Most people don't expect only excellence in for themselves. Look, I got COVID and I did not stop working one fucking day. And I was feeling like shit, but I was still working. Because the only way to achieve things in life, bro, is by fucking working. It's the only way. And again, some people might be more uh, flexible with what they call work, or some people may be able to do the same amount of work that I do on a small uh, time frame, which I envy them healthy w in a healthy way. But at the end of the day, they're still putting the work. You know, so it goes all back to how knowing you're, what you're capable of and actually doing it. If you're a person that it needs 20 hours a day of work in order to achieve what you need to achieve on that day, then I'm sorry, dude, if you want to improve, you have to work 20 hours a day. Now, if you're a person that you can achieve everything that you need to achieve on the day in six hours, then great for you, you have to work six hours. Now, if you have more responsibility, like in my case, that I have people depending on me, I have investors, I have different things, it would be insulting for those people for me to work less than what I should work, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, when I will slow down, when I'm able to have the right people in, in places where I don't need to be doing all of the things that I'm doing now, and I can trust them 100% and that they will do the same or better job than what I'm doing. No, that's great. No, those are great points, Ignacio. And I definitely think that... You know, for us, it's just a matter of understanding we're in a business that's 24-7. So even if we want to take a day off or an hour off or whatever makes us feel comfortable, we can't because we have so much at stake. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I get home and I don't I don't want to touch my fucking phone or on the weekends I might have a day that I just watch TV all day. Like, that's part of the game, you know, like we're quoting everybody today. But Gary Vee posted a video the other day saying like, oh, um, I don't know what the context was, but the idea was like, look, I had a sun, I had a weekend that I didn't want to do shit, mm -hmm. and then I woke up on Monday like a champ, you know. Again, understand the message. I'm not saying that you have to be a machine and all you do is fucking work. Okay, I don't, I don't, I can't do that. I don't think that there's a human being alive that can do that. But the bottom line is, the when you look, when you audit yourself and you look at your time. Are you allocating more time to work or to partying, mm -hmm. bullshit, things like that? Mm -hmm. If you are allocating more time to work, then great, you're on the right path. If you are allocating more time into the bullshit, then don't mind yourself why you're not growing mm -hmm. in life, you know? Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're going to get into our next segment, uh, the Eli 5. It's the Eli 5 segment, yeah. This is where you got to talk like you're five years older in fifth grade. Just kidding. Um, so five ways to scale a business. In five words. No, that's crazy. You have to say in five no, words. No, five ways to scale a business. Oh, okay. So, so not in five words. <laughs> um, 
mean, I talk about this on the whole episode. So, five ways to scale a business is systems, attention to the detail, sales, sales, important, very important actually, commitment, and greed. Next segment here, what's, or not the next segment? It was actually actually good, so don't edit it. You can edit this part that I said it wasn't good, but now going into kind of the next question on this nice little bulletin here. What's the best advice someone told you about scaling a business? Actually, the best advice that somebody told me, his name is Marcos, and he actually told me that, he told me two things. I mean, the first one was work fucking hard, which... I, I know it's very common, but it's not common. And the second one that he told me was, which goes back to the last question that you asked me on the previous segment, is like, if you're building your business to gain freedom, don't start it. So those are like that's it. That's the advice that I that he he gave me. And again, this guy, it's somebody that I look up to very much. So thank you, Marcos. I don't know who would listen to this, but thank you very much. What's, what's the best advice someone told you? Keep it short, sweet, and simple. Um, stay humble and stay aware. You know, be aware of, of the realities, be aware of the aspirations, and be aware of yourself. You know, always say who you are, don't get lost in, in things that can affect the vision. Um, and, and obviously being young, it helps a lot because it just sets you up to just always remember where you started from and where you want to get to. So that was probably the best advice I've ever got. Um, and I got that from you. So. Like that, right? Like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know why he's taking advice from me, but <laughs> uh, but it's true. And then obviously there's other books and mentors you know that come across life. But there's also worse advice that someone may give you. So what's the worst that you've ever got? The worst advice that I ever got is that, which actually I got it a couple of times already, but it's kind of fucked up that people think these ways. Like you need to you need to get a watch and a car so people can see success. That's the worst advice that I've heard. I believed it for a period of time. I thought that, yeah, that's what people want. That's what people buy into, you know, your business and shit like that. But don't get me wrong, guys. Like, if you earn the car, if you can afford it, and you're working hard, and, you know, because I think that if tomorrow I go and I buy a Rolls Royce, like, I will still be the same person, you know, I will put in the hours, I still do what I do. The problem with that is that usually the people that showcase those achievements are the ones that are not doing the work, you know, and that's where we need to get away off, you know, don't be so lame and so childish to think that because somebody has uh, an exotic car or a a nice watch or even they showcase a nice life that they are successful you know or that they have a good business because what's the name of this guy that got into like he was the one that created the largest Ponzi scheme in his yeah that guy that guy is in jail and he made a shitload of money so if we're going to measure success based on those things and not actual hard work and dedication and actually having what to show for, then the society is really fucked up. Yeah. So that's the worst advice that I got. What's the worst advice? 
that you. Well, this one's gonna be rough, and I'm gonna sound like you in, in the sense of the, the, the profanity, but get your money, fuck everybody else. Damn, that's bad. And that's bad, right? And you know, I heard that from people that you know, in certain times of my life, in different businesses, you know, you hear people and, and they have their own. Get your money, fuck everybody else. Well, yeah. that's um, so. I guess if I was a network marketer and a really good one, oh, you know, yeah, I, I that's, could definitely make that's money. Bad, yeah. Energy is at my net. Yeah. Like he, he has actually a reel that is going viral right now. 
tree line. You know, he doesn't say tree line, but uh, that chain in the families, you know, of poverty or of average, you know, and he talks about him being the one that changed that, 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 that cut that tree, you know, not that tree, that changed the path for yeah. the family. And actually, I came a lot, I'm actually reading this book right now, it's a very short book, like, I went from reading I Think and Grow Rich, which is a very long book, at least for me, I'm a, a new reader. I've been reading a lot, actually, I read like five books so far, which is pretty impressive for me. Um, but yeah, I finished reading that long book, so I was, I was looking again, this is knowing yourself, okay, and it goes back to... Uh, it goes back to suggestions or ways of how you can develop those habits that you know that they're tough on you. So I'm very aware that for me, reading is something that takes, took a lot of time to make it a habit. And when I finished Think and Grow Rich, I was in a point where my brain was telling me like, oh, you read enough. You know, four books in, you went from not reading to four, book, four books in, like you, you've done enough, you need to take a break. So a way for me to keep feeding my brain and not allowing my brain to tell me to stop was to pick up a book that it was not going to be so long that I can read like in a week or two. And that's the case of this book. I'm almost done with it. I'm probably going to finish it on the weekend and it literally took me a week, you know? And it's a very powerful book because it's simple, you know? It doesn't overcomplicate shit. It tells you more than what you, like, it tells you things about that you know, but when you hear things, from people that already transitioned the, way, the path, you know, that they already walked the top. Uh, those are the books that you want to be listening, consuming, you know, from people that you can relate to. Uh, uh, this guy, uh, Brad Lee, has a new book called The Hard Way. It's a very short and very real book about his path, you know. Uh, another book is uh, How to Influence. Uh, people and their friends, I don't know the actual name, but that's another book that I read that's pretty good. And then for podcasts, again, I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts, but podcasts, Andy Frisella, Grant Cardone, uh, Ed Milet, uh, Tom Tibato from the guy that created Quest, he has pretty cool podcasts, like he puts a lot of energy into that. Like, and we were watching today one, it's an old one, but it's a very powerful one with Kobe Bryant, uh, Coach. Um, so yeah, those are the podcasts that I would recommend for people to, to, to listen and to follow. And then, I mean, we touched base on this, but people they should follow, people that they look up to, you know, yeah, they could follow me <laughs> on my Instagram, but again, I, as I always said to everybody, I'm, I'm on this path, you know, I, I don't think that I am uh, an achiever yet. I don't, I don't think if I will ever will, if I ever will be an achiever, not because I will not achieve things, because I'm achieving things every day, but because I will never be satisfied in a good way. But people that they should follow, yeah, my lead, Andy Frisella, Bradley, Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Tom Thibodeau, Ignacio Sainz, <laughs> uh, like people, people that you can look up to, you know, they have done things that you're like, wow, I, I, not I wish, but that's what, that's who I want to become more. That, not, not that's who I want to become because you have, want, you have to want to become the best version of yourself, but having them as examples of what they achieve, you know? What, do you have anybody to? I mean, for me, um, there's so many people. I think that the best thing to do is just 
talk to your family, you know, people in your community, people that you don't talk to. Don't talk to your family. Don't no, no. Talk to your family. The, only reason, the only reason why is because... The reason you don't talk to your family is because your family is where you don't want to be. I'm so not you, never, you never go back and ask for advice or listen to whatever your dad, mom, sister, brother tells you unless they achieve something that you want to achieve. They can give you life lessons, you know, because they live more than us yeah. at that 100%. Yeah. But when it comes to business purely, yeah. don't listen to people that they're not where yeah, they won't understand. No, it's true. But I because can't. it goes back to what I said, bro. You know how many times I've been talking to my mom? By the way, my mom is pretty successful, you know? But you know how many times I, I've been talking to my mom and she was like, oh, you need to take a vacation. You need to get a break. And I'm like, this person doesn't have the same ambitions that I have, so why the fuck am I going to listen to this person? You know, and I said that respectfully, by the way. Yeah. But, no, and that's my thing. I think for me it's more so just seeing where, you know, we all start and where we want to get to and just kind of understanding that not everybody understands everything the same way. You know, we all go through life in a different way, but the, the reason why the community or the family for me is important is because it's a motivator for me. To your point, it reminds me where I need to get to and where I don't want to be. You know, and that's something I like to do. Uh, and, you know, it's just fun to see you also um, grow, have you around every day, talk to you, you know, learn the ins and outs of business and building relationships with people and just the trials and errors of what we're trying to accomplish in, in this in this realm here, so. And what are the best steps, and the last question and we're done, what are the best steps, uh, the best next steps to scale their business? Like, what advice would you give people? I have one in mind, but I will let you start and then I finish the, the, the podcast with that. I, I would say it goes off the book that I, I, I'm currently reading by Robert Green called Master. You know, just master what you're doing. You know, if it's your business, focus on your business. Focus on all the details like we talked about. Don't get so lost in just scaling it or it being stagnant. Just focus on every day, that battle that you have to win every single day so that you can win that war in the end. That's awesome because that literally is similar to what I wanted to say because it adds into it, bro. Is the fact that, look, not every day is going to go as planned. You know, not every day you're going to get a deal. Not every day you're going to get money on the account. Not every day you're going to have a happy day where everything went your way. Not every day you're going to feel 100%. But the mind, it goes back to the mind. You want to scale anything in life, anything, no matter what it is, is control your mind. If you don't control your mind, it's going to control you. And if your mind controls you because of the different ways that people may have grown up, you know, we have beliefs that are very imprinted in our brain, you know, like, uh, I think that anything that we learn from the moment we were born till like we were seven, it stays with us for the rest of our lives. And then we suffer without even knowing that that comes from that age. Because if, I, if I'm being honest, I don't remember pretty much like a lot of tough moments when I was growing up, you know, but there's little things that now because I've been more spiritual and I've been doing more of the, the, the mental work and all these different things, I picked up that it's like, hold on, I have this belief about myself because of this experience that I had when I was literally seven, six years old, even nine, and at the end of the day, those are the thoughts that make the grind hard, you know, like, if you are not able to control those, you are never going to be able to scale. If you don't, are not able to control them, and the way you control those things, going back to your point, is by focusing on mastering what you are doing and becoming obsessed over 
the detail, the processes, your company, the team, your clients, and just being grateful, you know, that's another thing too, being grateful that you are in a position that you are able to do what you love. No matter, even if you are not at the place where you want to be, just remember that there's people that they don't have the same opportunity that you have. And I think that that's uh, the best next steps that anybody should take. And that will be all for, for today, bro. Thank you for joining. We'll have you, we'll have you in the next episode. For the next episode, we're going to have a setup already done, so it's going to be yeah. better. We're very excited about that. And as anything and everything we do, we put 100% out, so I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you, guys. Until the next episode, peace.